Hello, it's Philly here. Just a quick announcement before we jump into today's episode. Natural Medicine Week, hosted by Australian Traditional Medicine Society, is coming up on the 22nd to the 28th of May. I'm a proud ambassador for Natural Medicine Week, which showcases all the many ways natural medicine can restore the body and mind with live online events run by qualified practitioners across Australia. You can check out the link in the show notes to find your way to Natural Medicine Week. As part of the event, I'll be holding a special free Root Cause of Emotional Eating Masterclass, which you can sign up for via the Natural Medicine Week website. During the masterclass, I'll be digging into emotional eating, food addictions, sugar cravings, and the hidden imbalances in the body that cause this behavior, as well as the metaphysical imbalances that are at the deepest root cause of emotional eating. Hope you can make it. Okay, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show, where your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of multi-award-winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood, and gut issues. While busyness, overworking, addictive doing, and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal, and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's dive in. Welcome everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Ending Body Burnout Show. I'm Chris Ballette and I'm so grateful to be here with my co-host Philippa. Oh, so today we're going to dig into a common pattern that many busy people run, which is a major contributor to body burnout and that is people pleasing. We wanted to dig into this topic for many reasons, but in particular, next episode, we have a special client story um, to share with you. So one of our clients, Brian, was experiencing chronic headaches, brain fog, exhaustion, anxiousness, stinky body. We go over his ending body burnout story with him and you'll discover that one of the deeper root causes was his people-pleasing pattern. So we wanted to really unpack what it actually means to be a people pleaser and how it is affecting our health today. Awesome. All right, guys. So let's dive into this. Super stoked that you're here with us. Today is going to be an absolute banger. Totally excited. Uh, Let us dive in. All right. So shall we chat about what actually is a people pleaser? Yeah, cool. I, I feel like there's many different types of personality tests that are that are out there in the world, and uh, as as a coach, I, I try and find the ones that that really work for for you as our as our clients. And and if you are a coach and you're listening to this, you might have a different experience to me, and that's totally okay. I found that when it comes to understanding people pleasing, uh, the the enneagram by Riso and Hudson is a really cool tool. If you feel like being a people pleaser is something that you really resonate with, 
check out the Enneagram Type 2, the helper personality. A Enneagram Type 2 helper, a people pleaser, you know, uh, if we just stick with the the helper term, it's a beautiful personality. You, if you, if this really resonates with this, you have a beautiful personality. Empathetic at your core, compassionate, really feel with and for others, caring, concerned about their needs. I'm reading from Riso and Hudson's book called Personality Types here, and uh, you, you might be outgoing and passionate or or more introverted, but but whatever you are. You offer friendship and kindness, thoughtfulness, warm-heartedness. You're forgiving and sincere. This is a real beautiful personality, and I think it's something at, at, at its healthiest, you have a lot to offer and, and give to the world, and I think that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. Uh, do you want to chat about just some dysfunctional ways people... People show up as as a people pleaser. Yeah. I think that that word you, you itself is kind of a little a, bit negative. You always have a saying: "Nothing's bad until it is." So yeah. it's not bad to be loving and kind and caring and wanting to help people. Mm. It's not bad until it is. So when it starts becoming dysfunctional is when you're not serving your own needs, when your cup is getting very empty because you're overgiving and doing too much for other people. So there's a bunch of characteristics that we see and I can resonate with some of these. I'm probably not the classical people pleaser, but my people pleasing can show up in really subtle and sly ways. But we'll share some some, some ways that you can show up as a people pleaser. So difficulty saying no is a really big one, especially if, if in deep in your heart, you actually want to say no, but you say yes. And you can usually feel that too, like within your body or your emotions, you'll feel some sort of disease or tension when you say yes to something when actually you want to say no. Another one would be overcommitting. So taking on all the things. And that was definitely a pattern I used to run, um, especially before I started healing my body. Probably one of the reasons why my body systems broke down in the first place, because anytime I was asked to do something and a lot of this stuff was for free, I was like, yes, 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 I'll do it. Yes, yes. And it wasn't an issue until it was, but it took me away from my family Um, It wasn't helping to bring food onto the table and essentially my body systems broke down. Another characteristic would be avoidance of conflict. So you might hear that as more um, peacemaker. Again, peacemakers are not bad. In fact, we need them in this world. We need them actually more than ever. But if you're avoiding conflict because you don't want to upset someone else, yet inside your soul is breaking down, that can be an issue for now, sure. And I think we're going to talk about this later on. So I'll, I'll hold this one in. But, but just you, as you're listening to this and as you've started to work with us or as you've been working with us for a while... Or listening to this podcast. Or listening to this podcast, you'll, you'll know that... that that is a form of of unhealthy suppression and it's and it's really in a stressful situation it's a flight or a freeze response to stress or or a stimulation mhm uh, another char- 
characteristic would be you need approval from others. So whatever you do, you need to get that thanks or that gratitude or that well done or that you're awesome um, because you're trying to get external validation outside of yourself rather than inside of yourself. And again, that can lead to burnout. Again, it's nice to get kudos from someone else. But it can lead to burnout if you're constantly trying to chase that. And if you don't get the external validation or the approval from others, people pleasers feel really rotten about themselves because they're they're not giving it to themselves. Um, and we'll talk about some some reasons why you might do that later on in this podcast episode as well. Yeah, cool. So difficulty asserting one's self would also be a pattern of people-pleasing, self-sacrificing. So that would be the martyr. A lot of mothers may um, resonate with this, the motherhood martyrdom. I've just written a chapter all about that in my book that will be released this year. Um, feeling anxiety and stress is a bit of a subtle and sly one. So it could be more like you just have this constant feeling of anxiety inside of you because you're always feeling like you're not doing enough for other people or or you're not getting that external validation and so you're constantly feeling icky inside your body. Mm, and and we'll talk about reasons for for doing that or or why why you might be feeling anxiety and anxiety itself is a label which I'm not a massive fan of labels and we'll we'll unpack what's underneath that label. Mm. Uh, another one, lack of boundaries. So you might wake up one morning or you have these like great goals or these like I'm going to look after myself and give myself self-care today. But then everyone else's um, agendas get in the way because you lack boundaries or you don't prioritize boundaries that you've created for yourself because you're constantly trying to please other people. Or you don't realize that your boundaries are just being infiltrated or stepped over by others and and you don't respect your boundaries enough and we've all got boundaries you just might not enforce them or give yourself permission to let them be there Mm -hmm. difficulty prioritizing would be another one so again have these great health goals but you struggle to stick to them because other people's needs are getting in the way and sometimes two people pleasers will use that language as well it's just like oh I can't do that because I, you know I can't go and exercise because I have to look after the kids I can't go and get a massage because I feel bad that my husband has to look after my children it's like hang on <laughs> they're his kids too um And then guilt is another one as well. So people pleasers often feel guilty when they aren't able to please others or when they're not helping other people. Um, It shows up for me in a bit of a subtle way. Like I noticed this recently, just last week, I had an experience where people pleasing showed up and it floored me because I I was like, I don't think I'm a people pleaser. But I, I had um, an experience where someone was not even like angry at me, but they were just expressing some frustration in their life. And for me, that just felt icky. And I'm like, oh, I don't want them to express this frustration. So I'm going to go above and beyond trying to make sure that, that this person is happy. And in the end, they kind of didn't even want what I was trying to offer them anyway. And so I had this experience where... Yeah, I felt ickiness in my body. The energy of trying to help was all wrong. And in the end, kind of didn't 
help the person anyway because they didn't want the help and felt kind of crap about myself. And then I'm like, oh, oh, hello, little people-pleasing pattern. Yeah, let's unpack this. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a really cool model for understanding an unhealthy people-pleasing pattern or a program is the drama triangle. If you haven't heard of the drama triangle, we talk about it all the time, I think. The word drama I like because it's attached to story, isn't it? And when we when we have these symptoms or sicknesses or situations that are stressful play out in our lives, this is a drama. I think, and Philly and I think that that when you have a symptom, when you have a sickness or a soreness, some sort of body system dysfunction is at play beneath that. And I think that that there's some sort of a drama playing out in your life. Prove, prove me wrong, but I, I really resonate with that. There's a the, in the drum triangle. There's there's three main roles, and you can be concurrently playing out any one of these roles at any one time in this drama, this story that's playing out in your life. The role of the rescuer. Uh, is a is a big one when it comes to people pleasing, but concurrently, at the very same moment, you're playing out the role of the victim and the role of the aggressor or the villain, and and how might that show up in in your life? It, it's it's going to be different context driven, but but uh, what's an example of people pleasing? Throw one off the top of your head. Um, kids. Parent, yeah. Well, as a rescuer, we're we talking specifically about rescuer. Yeah, well, it, it shows up as that, uh, that people pleasing pattern. Well, there's many people that I talk to who are struggling to do the things to get healthy and to heal their body because this person, this person, this person needs them. And when right. we dig into that, it's like, do they really need you? And yeah, so so that that language right there is struggling. Well, that's victim speech. Um, I'm in the middle of a wrestle. I'm being attacked by an aggressor. That aggressor might be time. Time's a villain. It's against me. I'm wrestling with my time. It could be I'm so tired. You're wrestling. You're struggling with your with your fatigue. So the, the fatigue is the aggressor uh, or the jobs that you have to do while you, the victim, have fatigue. And then you've got... Uh, at the same time, you're playing out the role of a rescuer. So, so you see how you you might show up, you might consciously show up as the rescuer in a people pleasing pattern or program, but you're being a victim. You're sitting in the role of a victim and the aggressor at the same time. There's you can't be one without the other. I find rescuers are really busy as well. So, I'm thinking about a, a few people in the stories they've shared. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm struggling to go exercise. I'm struggling to eat healthy. I'm struggling to meal plan. I'm struggling to take my supplements because this person, this person, this person needs me. On the other hand, sometimes they're doing those things like the healthy things, yet they're just so busy filling their life up with doing stuff. And often that involves doing stuff for other people that their nervous system is shot. Mm. And... And rescuers too, like it's interesting, the drama triangle, that the rescuer actually needs a victim. So although, although again, it's like noble and loving and kind and caring and empathic, 
empathetic to be a helping person, when a rescuer becomes dysfunctional, it's almost like you constantly need to hold a victim in your space. You always need to have someone broken to try and fix. And that's kind of doesn't feel very nice either. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I, th- I think <sighs> what's, the, what's the energy there? What's, why are you doing what you're doing? St- the David Hawkins has a has a really cool scale called the the map of consciousness. I use it every time I talk with a uh, a client. What's the energy underneath your doing or, or the way you're being? Are you trying to to rescue or please your your children, your husband, your 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 clients, your your business, your your employees, your boss. So like what's the what's the reason? What's the energy underneath there? Is there a little bit of shame if you do, shame if you don't? Is there a bit of blame in there and guilt? Uh, is there oh, I can't be bothered speaking up. I, I I really just can't be bothered doing anything else. And and so there's in in despair, you throw your hands up and and with apathy, you just don't speak your mind. And so, therefore, you become a little bit of a victim to the circumstance. Uh, is there is there a little bit of regret in there underneath? You regret standing up for yourself in the past, and so therefore, you've learned helplessness, helplessness, helpless, helplessness. Hel- you've learned helplessness, <laughs> helplessly, <laughs> helplessly, helpless. <laughs> Uh, and and you've regretted that, and with grief, you you choose an an action or a way of of doing that is pleasing others and and sacrificing your own needs. And is there a fear under there? What's the, what's the fear? What's the anxiety? That that predisposition of thought focused on the future that is worried about something that might happen, and so you withdraw your own needs and meet the needs of others instead Mm. or conversely going back to the riso hudson enneagram type 2 role uh the the type of helper um you can come at this with love you can come at come at these challenges in your life with love and peace and joy and happiness like that energy the reason why i'm helping others is out of love love for myself and then love for others, uh, and and I think if you've got that real pure energy behind what you what you do and who you're being, that's beautiful. You you make the world shine. And it's a it's a better place. Um, <laughs> but I feel like just really tapping into to what's that energy underneath? Why you're doing what you're doing? Because mm. if the energy is more of the negative of like those first lot of emotions that you spoke about earlier, then that's showing up dysfunctional is what Chris is kind of like showing. If it's showing up with love first and foremost for yourself and then as an overflow of that for others, then it's like, oh, you're helping people in a healthy way. Love heals. Love, love. (laughs) You can't have this disease in the presence of love 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 makes it makes it beautiful and makes it just vanish and disappear 
and and I feel like when when you're approaching this or when when you're a victim or a rescuer or showing up as the villain aggressor and you've got these negative emotions underneath it plays out and and shows up as a symptom and a body system dysfunction Mm, so let's talk about that seeing as it's the ending body burnout show how does this actually affect your physiology and your body? If you're a chronic people pleaser and you're like, yep, yeah, ticking all those boxes, you'll probably, you'll probably already know how this is affecting your body. But sometimes people are actually not that aware. So I want to talk about some specific body systems. All of these things we test and we recorrect in our practice and they can get a pummel when you're saying yes to others way too often. (laughs) So one would be your stress and your sex hormones can become really depleted because if you're constantly running around trying to make everyone else happy and saying yes and overcommitting <laughs> to a lot of things and your basket is just getting way too full, you're absolutely going to burn yourself out. You're not going to have that time to rest and recover and look after your own self first and foremost or fill your own cup up. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So therefore that implies that you're loving yourself first. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, your hormones, so cortisol and DHEA are your stress hormones. At some point, they will be secreting through the roof when you're doing, doing, doing. And then at some point, your body can only produce these hormones for so long. So they start to deplete. And as they're depleting, cortisol and DHEA also convert into your reproductive hormones. So estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And so this can show up as symptoms when these body systems are flunked out. Symptoms of exhaustion, overwhelm, not responding to stress very well. And even hormonal imbalances like low libido, PMS, painful periods, infertility, menopause for men, like losing that strength and resilience, women, that happens to them as well. So hormones get a big plummel. Another, oh, yeah. oh, just and touching on that, so from, from uh, a man's a male masculine perspective, that can be tied up to ideas. Identity. And now if you're a woman with masculine tendencies and you've you've started to to adopt this identity of I'm the doer, I'm the go-getter, I'm the get stuff done, you can have this existential void, this crisis of identity happen when you when all of a sudden you start getting sick and you start getting symptoms and now I can't do the things that I I've based my whole sense of self on. You have take this ego hit, this identity hit, and it becomes another sort of a source of stress. It's a stress that largely you've heaped upon yourself. Uh, I can't do what I believe I should do, and before long, you're up should creek without a paddle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk about the gut because this is probably a body system that people don't think about when they think about people pleasing, but your gut, so microbiome in particular, or the bugs in your gut can get a a hit when you're constantly people pleasing. So I kind of think about, um, I mean, we work with a lot of parents and a lot of mums I've spoken to are prone to feeding their kids first and then the time goes by and you've forgotten to eat lunch and breakfast or we see that a lot with people who have businesses or just like a very busy work life 
where they're like, oh, let's like make sure our clients and our customers are happy first. Oh, our boss needs us. Oh, our colleague needs us. And it's just like, crap, like the time is now 3 p.m. and I haven't eaten at all. What do we often see when people haven't eaten? It gets to three o'clock slump. People go for the carbs and the sugary foods. So all of a sudden you're chowing down on the chocolate and the chips and the biscuits. Over time, this is going to impact your microbiome for sure. You're going to have pathogens overgrowing, especially things like candida and bacterial overgrowth. And your good bugs just get starved because they're not getting that nice polyphenol um, antioxidant rich foods that you find in a lot of vegetables. And so then this is going to lead to gut issues. And along um, the side of the gut and the microbiome, I often see digestive organ damage as well because, again, people are just like, oh, yeah, kind of forgetting about the need to eat. And when they have that chance, you know, that five minutes or that two minutes to chuck something into their mouth in the car, they're chowing it down really fast and not allowing their body to rest and digest. So we can only digest our food effectively when we're still... And when we're slow and when we're in our parasympathetic nervous system, which is that calm, relaxed state of being. And I think about like why are you not in that state of being? Like what's stressing you out? What compulsion should creak, right? We'd mentioned that. Stuck up should creak. And and you feel like you have to, must do, need to, got to. And 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 if the answer to this next question is I can't, then then uh, you have to ask yourself, well, why not? So the question is, why don't you just slow down? Why don't you just take a moment? Why don't you not do that thing? Or why don't you stop that thing? And if you say, oh, I can't, I couldn't possibly, well, then you have to ask, you dig in underneath that. Well, why not? Where does that come from? Now you're aware of it. Where, where's that all start? What's underneath that? What stories are you telling yourself? What, what stories have happened in your past that you're aware of that you can get some understanding about this pattern? And, and that's the work. That's, that's where it all starts coming unraveled. You can start to, to tear up those old scripts that don't work for you, that, that lead to an ending that you don't desire. Start writing a new one. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, from a digestive organ point of view, just to reel back to the body, it can absolutely affect your stomach acid production, your digestive enzymes, your bile. So all of these digestive juices help to break down uh, the food that we're eating. And also things like SIBO, so small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, is really common for people who are not digesting food properly and whose digestive juices aren't flowing properly because these juices actually act as a natural antibiotic. And so if you're in this chronic stress state where you're chowing down the food or not eating regularly um, or in like a healthy pattern, then these things can occur. And that's going to show up as bloating, abdominal pain, heartburn, constipation, loose stools, all sorts of crappiness. <laughs> and, it comes- and, and, and then that takes an ego hit as well, right? So It's like, I always <laughs> need to go to the toilet. Actually, we, we've had clients where they're like, I need to like live near a toilet now because my urgent loose stools are happening 10 times a day. Who the heck even am I now? And, and- I'm a potty person. <laughs> 
And I, I think just letting you out, if this resonates with you, if this sounds like it's you, that's okay. There's, it's not the end of the world. You can do things and not do things and you can be a, a different way. So just letting you know that, that if this sounds like you, there's things that, that can be different in your life. Yeah. And two other, I mean, so many body systems can get burnt out when you're people pleasing, but just two others I want to mention is mitochondria retraction. So the mitochondria are little organelles that live in your muscle tissue and they convert food into energy. Now, in order for your mitochondria to function at its best, you need to be physically active every day and get lots of oxygen into your system. So people who are like people pleasing, doing, busy, often like chest breathing for one. So you're not actually getting good amounts of oxygen into your body. But also too, it's like, oh, I don't have time to go for that walk or to go to the gym or to do that yoga or Pilates session because I have to look after my kids or I have to do this for my client or my boss needs this. And so over time, these little organelles can literally just kind of like flunk out. And mitochondrial issues is really common with people with fatigue and weight issues. If you're not burning food into energy, where does it get stored? Fat tissues and just a general feeling of blahness. And the other body system is the nervous system, which is huge. The nervous system is connected to all of these other body systems. So it's constantly going to be dysregulated if you're in that unhealthy people pleasing pattern where you feel like it's actually it's you're it's scary it's scary if you don't people please and so then you're constantly people pleasing with um, fear and anxiousness below the surface and then you get stuck in that overdoing pattern as well all right shall we dig into some root causes of people pleasing so we've talked about what it actually looks like so some characteristics of people pleasing we've talked about drama triangle we've talked about how the body systems get a hit but why do people actually start people pleasing in the first place stories <laughs> there's usually some sort of a story some sort of a background story that's it's happened or happening. And if you listen to the words that people will say, I, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're sitting down at a desk or something, maybe just pause this and write write down a can't statement or write down a, or a, a, a couldn't statement or a must or a should or, or something like that. Write down that. That at its core in the textbook of coaching is a limiting belief. It's something that stops you from doing something uh, or making progress towards your desired state. So, so if you write that down and you really think about it, what's the energy? What sort of words have you got? Is the, is the story or the limiting belief or that statement that you've got that, that can't do, shouldn't, should or have to, that reason why you're pleasing others like what's the energy underneath that? Is it more about apathy for yourself? You you really can't be bothered doing stuff for yourself. And and why is that? Where did that all come from? What's the story there? What's what's behind all that? I think really getting to know what's behind that origin. I think that's a really key component to to getting better. And and a lot of people think, oh, the fast track is supplements. The fast track to get better quicker 
dope me up on Give on me dopamine and <laughs> forty supplements a day. <laughs> in, <laughs> enhance my DHEA. <laughs> <laughs> by giving me DHEA, give me... We give, don't do that in Australia because it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> give give me a testosterone replacement therapy. You know, is it that or is there a quicker way? And, and usually what we find is the quicker way is by... The root, root cause the way. The root, root cause way is by looking at the stories that you tell yourself reframing them, seeing a different way, building out new boundaries that actually work for you now rather than when you first set them. Mm. So like talking about stories, so any dysfunctional pattern or behavior that you have, any health issue that you have, there's always a belief underneath that. Always. And so a lot of the times it's it's things like, I don't feel like I'm good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I'm not capable, I'm not strong enough, I'm not successful enough, I'm different, I don't belong. Lovable is a huge one that we see, like a, a core dysfunctional belief, which is often hidden as well, is this deep, yeah. scary belief that actually if someone really knew the real me – at my core, I am deeply unlovable. And this is really, really common in people-pleasing because they're constantly trying to please other people so that they can receive that love back. But it becomes – it's really dysfunctional because it never actually solves the issue because that love has to come from within yourself. Um. If you're feeling like fear of rejection can show up as that too. So if you're fearing rejection because you're, you know, if you say no to, I don't know, someone might come and ask you and say, hey, can you do a free workshop for our business? Like <laughs> you're really good at breath work or I don't know, whatever, whatever business you have. And you're like free. Gosh, I've got so much to do, including my family and serving my clients. And but oh, if I say no to these people, then they're gonna think I'm the worst person ever. They're gonna think I'm so selfish and greedy if I ask to charge for my time. And maybe they just will never want to talk to me again. <laughs> and so it's like, yes, yes, I'll do that. Or it might be a family member or a friend who's just like, hey, I'm moving house this weekend. Can you help me? Now, if you're in such a state of fatigue that you're like, oh my gosh, my heart of my hearts, I would love to go and help them move their house this weekend. But I know that when I do even more than 30 minutes of physical activity, I am wiped out for the next 20 minutes. I'm talking about this because with emotion because we have some clients like this is this going to be helping me? <laughs> like, is this dysfunctional or functional? Well, it's going to, it's not a good choice to go and help someone on the weekend to move their house. If it's going to floor you for the next two weeks and then you're no good to anyone, including yourself. Yet, if you're trying to get that external validation, if you're scared of rejection, if you're trying to constantly receive love from other people because your own love cup is really empty, then you just continue burning yourself out. And a lot of the times we hear people or sometimes I'll talk to a client and they're like, yeah, I just need to stop people pleasing. I'm like, really? Is that going to work? Because the moment that you just stop people pleasing, there's this empty hole inside of you that needs to be filled in some way and currently you're not filling it up yourself. And so that can cause all sorts of trauma in and of itself as well. <laughs> yep. 
All right. <laughs> we wanted to end off with good old Will Smith. So Will has a – everyone knows Will Smith, surely. Um, but he – had he's written a book um a memoir and he actually talks really specifically about his people pleasing patterns and how it started or he created it as a form of protection that stemmed from his abusive father um i'm gonna read from his memoir because i just feel like it just encapsulates everything that we're talking about so he says what you have come to understand is will smith the alien annihilating MC, the bigger-than-life action star, is largely a construction, a carefully crafted and honed character designed to protect myself. (laughs) This fabricated character stemmed from a traumatic childhood event, Smith said. I'm sorry, now I'm paraphrasing. When he was nine, his father punched his mother in the side of the head and during that episode, Smith froze in fear, unable to go to his mother's side and it left him with the belief that he was a coward. And then he thought, you know, his little brain was like, okay, if I become a big movie star and I can entertain people and I can make them laugh, they wouldn't lash out at me and those that I loved. And just maybe... His mum, if he becomes this big movie star and makes everyone happy, maybe his mum would finally be able to forgive him for not protecting her when she needed him. Um, And in his book, he said, comedy diffuses all negativity. It is impossible to, to be angry, hateful or violent when you're doubled over laughing. Yet in the end, and we've seen this really recently, that his people-pleasing facade was eating him alive. It was suppressing deeper unaddressed emotions and beliefs and anger and trauma. And potentially that might be why he slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Maybe. I think studying the work for yourself, really just reframing how you see these stories. At nine years old, the adult Will Smith might might see that a little uh, an option might be for the adult Will Smith to see that story a little bit differently. So uh, taking responsibility might be something a little bit different. They're really a loving way of of seeing that. Um, and the fact he wrote a, a memoir about it shows that he's, he's deconstructing he's yeah. deconstructing those inner deeper beliefs that have been there since a kid and showing up as a different human i was gonna say that looking for more loving ways to to see stories like really looking at your stories that you're that have come up for you the reasons why you might do the things you do Life's different now. You don't have to do things the same way that you've always done it. (laughs) You can do something different. You can write a different script. What's a more loving way you can see the story of when you were a little kid or when when this this pattern started to emerge? What's a more loving, kinder way of of speaking about that with adult words? Because you're an adult now. See the see the experience a little bit differently through adult eyes. See the the story a little bit differently. Start using loving language about yourself and about the experiences that you've had. And and with love, before you have love, there's got to be forgiveness. So there's got to be some sort of a forgiveness mechanism going on prior to you actually feeling and experiencing that love. Um, and I, I just really wanted to say that because that's that's super critical. You won't end your body burnout 
unless you feel that love. Yeah. You won't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we call it the ending body burnout method and the root root cause approach because we see in the health industry, even in natural therapies, that a lot of the healing happens just surface level, especially just stopping at that physical and when you can do both physical and metaphysical healing, oh my gosh, like that is the quick way. It's the fast way. <laughs> That's the fast way and the beautiful way and the way that enables you to set up with long lasting health. So you're not constantly getting in cycles where you're feeling a bit better for a year or a few months and then everything flares up again. That's not what we mean by ending body burnout method. Mm. Um, okay, awesome. Well, hopefully this has given you another perspective at looking at why you may be feeling energy, mood and gut issues. And just a reminder that next week we're going to hear from our client, Brian, and how he overcame his own body burnout symptoms using a body, mind and environment root cause approach in our ending body burnout method. So you. super excited to share that with you. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our ending body burnout assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one -on -one ending body burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have, Have the, the best, best day, day ever. ever. <laughs>